when you are walking so in step with the Lord, sometimes things might feel too good to be true, but God is the giver of good gifts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Haters Club podcast. I am your host, Claudia Campbell, and I am so happy to be joined by an amazing guest I have been looking forward to all week, Sienna Cartier. And Sienna does so many amazing things. Truly, I feel like she's a role model for so many girls, has built like a whole empire on Instagram, TikTok, does all of the things. But I'm going to let her kind of introduce herself a little bit to you first. So Sienna, if our listeners have never heard you before, just give us a little rundown about who you are, what you like to do, stuff like that. Well, hello. First of all, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so pumped. Um, A little bit about myself. I was born in Arizona, but grew up in Georgia. So I'm a Georgia girl. Love it. I do social media full time, um, which comes with many pros and cons, but Mm -hmm. it has really transformed like so many things in my life to where I can fully say I'm walking in my dream job. Oh, I love it. So thankful for. Um, but yeah, it has allowed me to travel a bunch to meet so many different people and really just bring me to where I am today. And it's so funny because growing up, I feel like I really have always been a little entrepreneur and just had that spirit of like, I want to, you know, be my own boss and these sort mm-hmm. of things. But then just to see it play out in real life has been so much fun. Oh, I love that. Okay. So you said you were raised in Georgia, right? Correct. So, are you a dogs fan? Go dogs! Okay, okay, me too. I don't live in Georgia. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, but I've always been a dogs fan. My mom grew up there, so I love the dogs. I love that. I love that. So, whenever you were getting into social media, because there's so many things that you already said that I was like, I want to learn from her. Um, did you expect to have the job that you have today? Like, Kind of walk us through that journey of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I would say it was definitely a learn-as-I-go process, but about three years ago, I started posting more creatively on my social media platforms. Um, Through college, I'm a victim of the horrible filters, um, sorority girl that you're like, she's orange in that photo. (laughs) Yeah. And I came to realize, you know what? I don't like the, I call them stand and smile photos. I really don't like it. I like to capture more of the, in the moment, every day, what are we doing? And capture those little joys along the way instead of a curated, okay, now stand and smile at the Mm -hmm. camera. Like, I just do not like that. And so that kind of triggered this creative side in me where over time I was able to start growing in following on my socials from it because people were were really liking what I was posting. And it got to the point where I was growing about a hundred followers a day. And that's when I really thought to myself, okay, now this has just been so fun, but let's see how we can, you know, that entrepreneur spirit coming in. What can we do with this? job-wise, career-wise. And so I really treated it like school. And it's funny because I I tell everyone, I really tried and focused harder on this than I did in my classes. But hey, it's ended up being what I'm doing. So I guess it paid off. Um, I was a communications major, by the way, which great. You know, I love to talk. That's mm-hmm. why I picked mm-hmm. it. Um, but it was just a lot of theories and a lot of things that I just don't use um, in my day-to-day life, but I took notes on social media and algorithms and watched YouTube videos and really just trained myself up in how to be successful in this field. And that's when brands started reaching out to me. And I remember my first paid deal when I got paid $10 for health aid kombucha and to do a post with them. And I was so excited. I was freaking out. I was like, first of all, I would just do it for the free kombucha. And (laughs) I I remember my brother, he does photography and he helped me take the photos and it was so fun. And I just thought like I was on top of the world. You made it. I was like, I made it. But now just looking back over time and just how much I've learned and how much I've grown and the style of content of just um, 
I'm just so thankful. And I mean, I worked my little booty off to get here, but now I look at, I'm getting, you know, able to go on trips to Cancun with different brands and this and that. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is what as a kid I would have dreamed of. And I didn't even think was possible. And now I'm walking in that is so special. Oh my goodness. I love that. I feel like I really relate with a lot of the things you said, like similar, like, I feel like we're very similar in that I also like whenever I first started posting on social media, like we were all victims of the filters. We were all vic- like some of those posts will never come out of the archive because I just <laughs> like, ah! like, did I actually post that? Um, but then I very much as I was posting, I was like, wait, like I want to turn this into a job. And like, it's so funny because I've always been a go getter. And so like, even whenever you're talking about learning from YouTube, writing down all of the stuff, like obviously like right now I'm a senior in high school but there would be times like I would have a free period throughout the day and I would just be like watching the YouTube videos like emailing brands like seeing everything I could get done and so there's so much you said there again that I wanted to touch on but the first thing is what would you say to somebody who kind of has this spirit in you like you have of just like oh my goodness I feel like I'm capable of this big thing this big dream but like everyone's telling me it couldn't work out like in one of those fields that's competitive but you can do it if you're hard working like what advice would you give to them that's a great question and I that's actually one I get pretty often even in just my dms and I would say a few things first of all um when I am doing my everyday life in this job, which looks different every single day, it really does not feel like work. I am get so excited about it. I'm so passionate about it. It's so fun to me. It genuinely does not feel like a job. And don't get me wrong. It's, it's really hard. And there's a lot of behind the scenes that people don't understand. But when you find that sweet spot to where your talents and your passions intersect, it could be anything. But that is where your sweet spot is going to be and it's going to be so awesome. And that's kind of what I had to hone in for myself. And you look at people on social media, even on TikTok, and you can do any, any category. And if you are passionate about it and talented with it and consistent consistency, the other thing I would touch on, um, you will be successful, I would say. And so you look at, I don't know if you've seen, it's called man with a pot or something. And he literally goes out in the woods and cooks these meals. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millions of followers. And it's so random, but he is so successful. And it's something he's really good at, but also super Mm -hmm. passionate about. And, or you see people, you know, best ways to fold laundry or scrubbing their showers. And it's so satisfying to watch. And it's, you know, seems like a mundane everyday task, but they're so successful because they're passionate, they're talented, they're consistent. And Um, It's just really cool to get to see all of the different avenues that people are able to hone in on when, I mean, I feel like growing up for me, people weren't really famous unless you were a singer, dancer, actor, you know, that sort of thing. But now anybody with enough hard work and consistency and honing in on their passions and talents can make a name for themselves on social media platforms, which is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just opened the door for so many opportunities. I love that. I feel like passion is such a big thing. Like there are so many people who I know who it's almost like they stop themselves and kind of like shoot themselves in the foot before they even get started. Right. Because instead of being like, okay, I'm talented at this. It's also something I love. This could happen if I work hard for it. They're just like, oh, I could never do that because it would require like hard work or I just I don't even know how to do that. And I just I love that because it's like, you got out there, you learned, and it doesn't have to be the most crazy thing in the world, right? Like the man with the pot, there's another guy on TikTok who he like mows lawns, but he has like millions of followers because he loves like, and he'll go out and he'll do it for free and he's spreading kindness and joy, right? But he just found the sweet spot of something he loves to do and he gets to do it. And I want, I want like all the listeners who, who were hearing this, I really hope that Sienna's story like empowers you to that like there is something out there that you can find to do that makes you excited to wake up in the morning that hits all of your talents, all of your areas. And if you haven't found that yet, then just keep working towards it. 
Um, but one of the things you mentioned too is you get to travel and didn't you just come back from New York City? I did. So, so I was in New York and then well, I was in Tennessee and then New York and then two days ago I just got back from Arizona. So oh, I, I love that. <laughs> it's been awesome kind of be bopping all over the place but New York, so fun, so pretty, super city. I know that it's uh -huh. like, it is New York City, but <laughs> I think that it's so fun to visit. I wouldn't call myself a city girl. I'm like, put me back with the cows, but I love it. Was, it. it was fun for a weekend though. I love it. I, you were totally having your gossip girl moment and all the pictures I was like, I oh my, <laughs> yes, that was my inspo. And I, it's so funny because a lot of my really close friends do not do social media. They, you know, are working their nine to fives and they are thriving in their jobs. And I love that for them. But, you know, it's me by myself trying to get all these pictures. And it's, you know, important for my job to be documenting this stuff along the way. I'm like, I'm in New York City. I got to be taking pics. And they like could care less about photos. And of course, they're so supportive and everything. But I'm that girl with all of the outfits in my backpack changing in the coffee shop bathroom. So I can go to the Met and take steps and have my Serena moment that that is me. And you know what, I'll just admit it. But it was uh -huh. fun. I love how real you are about that. I, that's great. Like, because you always have these great outfits. I'm like, wow, she's like doing all of this stuff in New York City. And there you are just like changing in the coffee shop bathroom, which is sometimes like literally what you have to do. But I'm curious. So where did you go in Tennessee? So in Tennessee, I was near Franklin. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been to Nashville quite a few times. I love Nashville. It is like one of my favorite cities in ever. Mm -hmm. um, and not last summer, but two summers ago, my best friend and roommate moved there. And so I was actually there with her for a majority of the summer. And it felt like Nashville was like a little bit of my home too. Aww. And I would go for runs across the bridge and downtown and everything. But yeah, this time was a little more low key, just outskirts of Franklin. We were actually working with an Airbnb, which is another really fun part of my job is getting to work with different Airbnbs and travel. And we have a little group of girls and we'll all go together and shoot content together, which makes love it that. So, so fun, so wholesome. It's such a great group of girls and we just all help each other out. So it was so fun. I I absolutely love that. Um, so what, let's talk about traveling for just a minute. What is the craziest thing that's happened to you while you've been on a trip? Oh, goodness. There are so many stories I could tell. But just to touch on New York a little bit, my one of my best friends that was with us during the trip, she just told us a few days after the trip that she was pregnant. And we didn't know that she was pregnant while we were in New York City. And we were walking like eight miles a day. And I could not even believe that she did that, that shout out Bailey, you are so awesome. <laughs> but and I was like, and I was complaining that we were walking so much. I had no right to complain. But I would say probably the craziest story. And this is exclusive information because I will probably never share this story again. And I <laughs> swear I wouldn't. Um, it's probably my most embarrassing moment. I actually, I have some of my most embarrassing moments written in the notes app of my phone, just in case <laughs> if I ever just need to remember or have a laugh. A humbling, yeah. <laughs> a little humbling, a little slice of humble pie, as we would like to call it. But um, it was last year, I was flying back from Arizona, and I fly so much. I travel so much, and I don't usually go by myself though. I have a group or I have a travel buddy. I'm very directionally challenged. So the airport is not my best space. I just like to follow people around just in case I can't get us there. And my parents, they dropped me off at the airport coming back to um, Atlanta. And they said, bye, honey, you're, you know, going to do so great. So proud of you. You know, I'm 25. Okay. I'm mm -hmm. like, come on. Mm -hmm. like, I, yeah. I am I'm fine, but we'll, you know, we'll get through it. And I check my bag, I go up there, I am, I make it all the way to my gate and I'm at my gate and I wait around for a, a long while and we're about to start boarding probably soon. And so I call my parents and I say, guys, update, I made it. Aren't you so excited? And I just start to rambling because I'm just a chatter and that's just mm -hmm. how I am. And so I, 
Um, oh, I, I said, mom, you need to go turn this song on right now because this is how I feel. And it's the song Miss Independent by Neo. You know, she walked like a boss, talked like a boss. So I was like, that's me, that's me. Well, little do I know is that as I am on the phone, they are boarding and they're calling my name over the intercom because I have not bo yet boarded. And I'm standing up too. I'm standing, I watch people board. I'm lit, I'm, you know, I finally hang up. I'm like, well, I guess gotta catch my flight. See on the flip side, hang up. No, and I'm like, where is everybody? I guess it's time to board. Walk up and they're like, excuse me. And I said, yes, um, are we boarding? And they said, are you Sienna Cartier? And I said, oh yeah. And they said, we've been calling your name over the intercom for the past few minutes. The gate is shut. You can't get on this plane. And my heart dropped and I said, oh, could you just open the door? Like, let me on maybe. <laughs> like, I see the plane. It's still there. And they're like, no, we can't open the door. You have to book another flight. And I was coming back from Arizona to Georgia. And of course, I'm that girl that doesn't, I can't fit everything in my suitcase because I overpack. So I'm wearing all my extra clothes. So I'm wearing probably two or three puffer jackets. I have my cowboy boots on and my cowboy hat. And I look like a big marshmallow in this airport. And I just had a little marshmallow meltdown. I started crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, well, book another flight. I'm like, but I Anyways, I called my dad. I was like, will you come pick me up? I missed my flight. He said, no, you're a big girl. You can figure it out. And I'm like, all right, tough love, tough love. So I went back down and I talked to the people that had helped me check in my bags. And this is why you just are always, you should always be nice to everybody. Cause that morning I was cracking jokes with them. Uh, they're like, you again. I'm like, you again. Didn't think I'd see you again. And they got me on a flight and it, I had a layover and you know, it was just a long travel day. But this is your sign to... I don't know. That was just a dumb moment, honestly, for me. But don't don't get on the phone. Wait till you're on the plane to really say you made it. So oh, that would so be something that I would do is like as you're calling your parents, be like, I did it. I made it like humus independent. Everybody's calling your name and looking for you. And you just have no sense of the world right. like around you. Oh, um, so like, that's how do you yeah, uh, to miss your flight while you're at your flight. Like, I wasn't even running late for the gate. I was there. I was right there. That is just so embarrassing. I will never tell that story again. But here it and is. Then, and I'm just I'm just envisioning you in the puffer jackets, this, like, the staple Sienna cowboy hat on, and the boots, and oh my goodness, what a sight. And then you're just crying, like, that would so be me. Mental breakdown in the middle of the airport. That would so be me. That's hilarious. I feel like anybody who travels a lot has like the craziest, most like insane stories about traveling. And that is just so funny. I love how real you are. Um, But one thing that you were talking about earlier was a lot of your friends. You already shouted some of them out. Like it is so evident to me that you just have like good relationships with some of your girl like friends and so I know that a lot of girls struggle with their girl friendships and so I just want to hear you speak on that a little bit like how would you say what what are some good tips for cultivating community or for the girl who just kind of feels like she's struggling finding those like good girlfriends yeah I would say having girl friendships is so awesome and community is so important and transformative truly in your life in my faith specifically and something that I've always clung to is the quote that says you are a sum of your five closest friends mm -hmm. so really to be important when you are picking like those that are in your close circle and you are you know looking for girls to befriend and you know pour into your life to have people that are on the same page, values, faith-wise, people that are going to push you to be the best version of yourself in every aspect of your life, that is really what is going to be a game changer. So for me, it's like, where well, where are you looking? Where are you going to find friends? I know post-grad can be really hard and college a lot is handed to you, but after graduation, it's kind of just a free-for-all. And so I have been looking for a good church to get connected to and... I tried out a few, but there just weren't a ton of people my age or, you know, I was just waiting for the perfect fit. There were like very specific things that I was praying for. And I just remember 
walking into the church I'm at now. It's Elevate City. It's in Sandy Springs. And oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit be like, this is home. And immediately I met this girl. Her name is Bailey. Same girl that was pregnant in New York. Love her. Aww. And it was like something so sweet happened in that moment where I just knew she would be in my life for a long time as just a lifelong friend. And since then it has just been more girls and more girls kind of like forming this sweet group. Um, and these are just lifelong friends. And so I think that back to what I said earlier of just keeping people that are going to be um, just super encouraging in every aspect of life um, and wanting to go in the same direction and the same end goal and purpose as you when it comes to important things like morals, values, that sort of thing um, has been a game changer. And I know that one of the biggest roadblocks in friendships, and I'm still not great at this, I feel like I tend to get so busy sometimes and it's hard to pour into, you know, you have family, you have a boyfriend, you have friends, mm -hmm. you have work. How do you pour into all these different buckets but I think that just being intentional about trying to even make a phone call if you can't get together to catch up or even if you know you can't find time to align on the phone um I have a friend Grayson she lives about an hour from me and she was my best friend roommate through college but we still you know try to stay connected and so even by you know sending voice memo updates I love a good voice memo I love I'm those memo girl me so too um, whether it's just this happened today or how are you and catching up, asking them on, you know, this that they had happen at work that you'd remember that they told you about, or even voice memo prayers, like sending a little voice memo prayer over them when you knew that they're having a rough day or they have something big coming up has been really awesome. So I think that being intentional is important, especially when life gets starts to get so busy. It can be hard, but it's so worth it. Wow. I love the voice memo prayer idea. I will totally be stealing that from you because that's just great. I'm also a voice memo girly. Like it's always just been easier for me to talk that I feel like text and type it out. Like no shocker that I like to talk. I literally have a podcast because yes. I like to talk. <laughs> but you know, that's just one of the things that God's given me and I've used the way I talk to the glory of God. But the first thing I heard you say is pray for specific things. Like one thing that I've been learning is like, you hear so many people talk about like, okay, pray for your future husband, pray for these specific things, but like praying specific for like specific friends that you're asking God, would you allow this person to come into my life to be someone who encourages me and challenges me and pushes me to be better? That's also a very good thing like to talk to God about, to pray, and then look at the people around you and say, okay, are they going in the direction I want to go? Are they going, are they pushing me towards that place? Because I feel like if you have similar values, then you can kind of see that in a person and you can realize, hey, I think they're going to be a good friend. Um, even if you've had past friendship scars in the past, or you've had a girl be mean in the past, whatever, then you can look at this friend and go, okay, but they're going in the direction I want to go. And I want to be around them to be changed by them. I love the quote you said, like, you are the sum of your five closest friends. And I've seen that play out in my life. Like the people you hang around, you start to act like you start to become like them. Um, so I'm curious to you especially for somebody who say is like 18 19 years old because that's around the the age range of the podcast listeners obviously not every girl is super mature in the way that they handle their friendships so what advice would you give those people if they're like oh my goodness like I want to have these girlfriends but it feels like that I just keep clashing with these girls because they're being catty I would say, and I know that I was probably told this when I was younger as well and probably brushed it off, but really just to not dwell on little things. And it may seem like something is such a huge deal right now or, you know, this or that, but I just look back now at the things that I was stressed out about and it's like, oh my gosh, there was so much more 
to life at the moment and how much time did I waste, you know, spending on this drama or this or that. And it's like, oh my goodness, to just be the bigger person and not feed into the drama. I know that gossip and drama is something that is just so easily fed, especially in those years. And just to be the bigger person and be the light in that. And you can be the person that shuts it down. You can be the person that stands up for somebody. You can be the person to speak positivity into a situation instead of just feeding into it. Mm, Yeah. And, and whenever you're tempted to do that, remember that at the end of the day, like that stuff isn't going to help feeding into it, dwelling on it. Like it's not going to help. And something that I feel like God's really been teaching me is like truly live an unoffendable life of just like, Oh, they like, we know as believers, like you're going to have darts thrown at you. And so like, just brush it off, just move on. Cause at the end of the day, like that doesn't define who you are. That doesn't like truly give you your identity because you're going to have other people who are going to love you and they're going to like you. And also if you are struggling with friends, like again, see, hear Sienna's story too. And just remind yourself like, okay, there is hope for me in the future to meet those people. Um, So another question that I also wanted to ask you is just, I see your joy so evident through the podcast, through your social media, all of that. But I know that nobody has an easy life. Obviously, everybody has stuff they go through. How are you able to manage like this joy? How are you able to keep this joy even when life gets hard? Yeah, I would say that definitely my faith has played a big role in just my overall joy. And I I wouldn't even say that I truly was a Christian until about two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't have that full surrender moment of like every piece of my life. Like, okay, God, here you go. Mm-hmm. Which I wish I would have done earlier. My <laughs> I'm like, this is great. You think it's going to be so restricting. And then it's just really Mm -hmm. so freeing. Mm -hmm. But I would say before a lot of my, I would call it more of happiness, which is just fleeting, um, was based on my situations and circumstances. Mm -hmm. And if things were great, I was, I was great. If things were bad, no, no, now we're back down. And it was just very fluctuating, but the joy that Jesus gives is just so sustaining. And it's, it's steady. It's through everything. It's not dependent on circumstances or things around you or your job or your appearance. And that's something I could really go deep into is I'd had a struggle with acne for, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It hit me out of nowhere and it got bad fast. And this was about a year ago and I actually ended up having to get on Accutane for it, but it just, it really revealed some things in me to where I was like, wait, I think that I have a lot of my confidence and my self-worth in my appearance, which of course, like nobody wants to say that, but it just was the honest truth at the time. And so going through that journey, I'm, I'm so thankful to be on the other side of it now, but it really showed me and taught me how to have confidence and worth truly in Jesus and your joy in Jesus, but not based on your circumstances. Um, And so that was something that was super growing for me. Um, But I'm very, very thankful for it because I feel like it gave me a fresh confidence um, to where I'm, I feel less shakable. So. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. Like I'm going to definitely be re-listening to this podcast because I I just, like, what you touched on, I think is so crucial that everybody struggles with. And I want to go there. Like, how did you, how did you kind of get over that obstacle? Because I think there have been, like, I know there have been things in my life that it's just like, you can't control appearance-wise one way or the other. And you're just like, oh my goodness. And all of a sudden you realize, wait, I put so much of my worth in my appearance, in how I looked, like, How did you start to begin to get over that obstacle? So for me, I I realized very quickly that my confidence was kind of zapped out of me. And that was a really harsh reality to come to. And when there's only so much you can do to help fix, because I'm a fixer. So Mm. my immediate response was, what medication can I get on? What face creams can I do? What face wash? What can I do to make my skin better? And 
anybody that's struggled with acne knows it's a process. It's not an overnight fix. And it, it took me about a year to get my skin clear again, um, which was a very, very tough journey. Like physically it was painful, but mentally and emotionally as well, just along the way. And so when I kind of came to the realization of there is literally nothing I can do to help speed up this process or fix this, I was like, I need to fix my confidence. I need to fix the root of how horrible I am feeling right now about myself and the lies that I'm listening to are literally from the enemy. And so I just started taking those lies and replacing them with truth. And I would go through my Bible and underline who God says I am, what God says I am. And when you start to read that over yourself and pray that over yourself, you start to believe it. Mm -hmm. And I would just speak that over myself. There would be days when I wouldn't even want to get out of bed because social media is my job. And the last thing I wanted to do was put myself on camera when I just didn't even feel like myself because I the, the acne really came out of nowhere. And so it just felt like I don't look like myself. I don't feel like myself. But then I thought, no, who, who, myself, I am a daughter of the king. I am a daughter of the Lord of the universe. That changes a perspective in your heart. And that changes the way that you view yourself when you start to view yourself, how he views you. Wow. Yeah. Because your identity isn't in how good you look that day, right? Like your identity, we have to go to the source, which is what God says about us because he created us. And just like, Sometimes I think people just need to remember, like, go to the word, underline it, but then also start practicing those things. Like, everybody yes. loves talking about, like, affirmations and stuff. And there's, like, psychology behind positive affirmations. But whenever you start, like, just to declare life over yourself, to declare, like, no, this is who I am. I'm created beautifully without flaw for a purpose. Then I feel like that that just gives so much peace. But I totally relate with you, like, even on, I, I know there have been times before too, because whenever I do social media, it's like, my, you're always filming yourself. You always know what you look like. And it would just get to the point where I was like, I was always on camera. And so whenever I would have my a bad hair day, a bad skin day or whatever it was, I just didn't want to film. I didn't want to do anything because it was just another reminder of like, oh, like, I feel like I just look so bad. And it's something that I feel like God's really taken me on a journey with is like, yeah, but you're not limited by your looks because if I gave you those looks, then and I also gave you your calling, then I gave you looks that are capable to support that calling. So like you're mm -hmm. not too ugly to talk to people. You're not too, you don't have bad enough hair, bad enough skin day um, to where you can't do what I've called you to do because I've created you for that purpose. And like that in and of itself gives me so much light and reminds me, okay, no, this is actually who I'm doing it for. And everybody has these bad hair days. The other thing that I have been super excited to ask you, because everyone loves a good love story, and I'm a hopeless romantic. How did you meet your current boyfriend? Because you guys are so cute, and y'all like soft launch, and like every new soft launch, I was like, oh my goodness, like I wonder who this is. And I was like eating it up. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So this is fun because I actually haven't shared this on social media yet. Um, I don't know why. I feel like it would just, I want to record a video and I want it to be perfect. Like the way that I explain everything. Cause it's kind of a long story. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just haven't found the time yet, but I'm excited to talk about it because I have known Blake for three years now. Um, we actually met, Three, year, three years ago for my friend Grayson, she knew him from their hometown. So I became just friends with him through that. I remember the night that we officially met, I was babysitting. They were at a Braves game and Grayson FaceTimed me and said, come out after the Braves game and hang out with us. I said, girl, I am busy. I'm babysitting. I'm tired. But y'all have fun though. And on the FaceTime, I guess he saw me. And afterwards, he asked her, he said, who is that? Tell me about her. Tell me what she likes, blah, blah, blah. So she said, well, her name's Sienna. She loves Jesus. She loves flowers, blah, blah, blah. And 
I came home that night and it was three in the morning and they were all still awake playing games in the living room waiting for me. And he had picked me some flowers from the neighbor's yard. I think. No way. <laughs> Which is so funny, but we just became best friends. So for the past two years, we were just friends. We would talk every single day. I mean, we dated other people like we never once went on a date with each other. We, I would help him plan dates. He would, you know, walk me through my situationships and all these different things. And, you know, they always say it's the girls with the boy best friend. And I'm here to, I'm a victim. Okay. <laughs> I am that girl. So we ended up going to Miami back in January on a work trip for him. And we were just friends. But during that trip, we realized, wait, I think we might be falling in love. And so he confessed his love for me. I was still unsure because I didn't really know where he was at with his faith, which I had always told my roommate, I'd said, if if Blake is obsessed with Jesus, I will marry him tomorrow. He is everything I've ever dreamed of, prayed for, um, but just wasn't really sure where he was at with, with that. And so I actually was talking to somebody else at the time and ended up dating them a little bit. And then I just could not get Blake out of my head. And I ended up ending things with that other guy. Um, and then I prayed. I prayed so hard. First of all, I've been praying for my future husband since I was literally a child. I can find little diary entries and I've got to go through them. Before I would, would get married, I would need to go through and like proof it and scratch some things out because I think I was in one of them was like, if you're not, I, I really hope you're not blonde. I really hope you're a brunette, by the way. <laughs> Because I've just always been a sucker for these brown-headed boys. But the brown-headed oh. boys were the ones that did me dirty. So, <laughs> so, so true. Like, so true. Everyone talks oh. about J names, but like brunettes sometimes. <laughs> There's something about them. But anyway, so I just remember praying and I was like, God, please get Blake out of my heart if he is if he's not for me but more than anything like please draw him to your heart I want him to be in love with you his relationship with you is way more important than any relationship he would ever have on this earth even with me and so I just prayed hard for that and I feel like there are some prayer I feel like we all you know as Christians have people that we were, we're constantly praying for and some I've been praying for since I was you know a kid and still haven't seen come to know the Lord but God had a really quick turnaround time on that one he must have really put him on speed dial because Blake got invited to a Bible study by a guy from his hometown around that same time and I think it was his first time really opening up the word of God and he just fell in love with the Lord. And I mean, he, to this day, like exponential growth in the way that he loves Jesus and gets so excited to read the Bible. And I have dated a lot of guys who have been, you know, raised Christian, claimed to be Christian. Blake lived it out more than any guy I have ever met. And I, wow. I know I'm biased, but like, I mean that with my whole heart and in every aspect and honoring me and respecting me and keeping God first in our relationship. It is so important to him. And he always says, Sienna, I, Jesus is my number one. You're my number two. He's like, Jesus will always be my number one, but you're number two. And I just feel like when you have God first, you are able to love each other best. And that is something that I've heard about, but I've never actually experienced or seen lived out in a relationship. And it has been so sweet getting to experience that kind of love. And it's truly like nothing else I've ever experienced, but um, the time that he really started pursuing the Lord and then we started dating in July. So, you know, April slash May to July, I was like, I need to make sure this is for real because it feels too good to be true. And the night that he asked me to be his girlfriend, I just remember going to dinner with him and Grayson. And afterwards, my friend called me on the phone and said, Sienna, there are two things for certain. Blake is in love with Jesus and he is in love with you. And oh. I just remember being like, I just feel like it's too good to be true. Like the only red flag is that it feels like it's too good to be true. And I'm waiting for the catch because there always seems to be one. And she just said, Sienna, when you are walking so in step with the Lord, sometimes 
things might feel too good to be true, but God is the giver of good gifts. And I really feel like he's blessing your relationship and your obedience to him. And we don't deserve anything he gives us, but he still gives to us. And so I just remember that night I was crying the whole drive home, just tears of gratitude. And Blake, that later that night, we did a little sunset Bible study, asked me to be his girlfriend. And as soon as I said yes, he said, I want to pray. I want to pray over us. I want to pray over our relationship. I want this to be fully centered on Jesus. And I just remember feeling like I, this just doesn't even feel real. If you would have told me that this is how I would have, you know, a year, a year ago where I would be today, I don't even know if I would have believed you, but that's just what God does is he, I I feel like it's a miracle truly, um, just in my own life. And I'm just so thankful. So yeah, that story. Oh my goodness. Like that's straight out of a rom-com. I, (laughs) That warms my heart so much, like, and it just, it gives hope to the people who are still in that, like, place of, oh my goodness, are these prayers just, like, empty prayers? Am I going to see this fruition? Am I praying for something too good to be true? I loved the line, whatever you said, like, I just need to write down that quote because I love it. Like, sometimes the gifts from God are going to feel too good to be true because he is the giver of good gifts. And I know in the past, like, there have been times I've stepped into something, I've stepped into blessing and I've been like, God, like, is this, is there a catch to this? Like, what's going on here? And he's just like, no, like, I just want you to enjoy this because this is like my gift to you. And like, I love how you guys are chasing Jesus together. I love how you guys were friends. Like you did not skip that friend phase because I find that like, whenever there are people who went from like best friends to like dating, sometimes it's like the best thing ever because they genuinely like they already know each other they know each other's characters what they like and so it's kind of like wait I already like this person but did you find that it was weird at all like changing from I only see this dude as a friend like I asked him for love advice I gave him love advice and now all of a sudden wait like I like him like what was that how did who told the other one first and like broke the ice so that's it, it's so funny because yeah we were bestest of friends but we always had a little flirty banter going on mm-hmm. we were always just so flirty with each other but we would always you know say hey it's okay because we're both just flirty personalities and you'll never say oh you led me on and you'll never say oh you let me on because we know we're just friends <laughs> it's we it was like our free flirt pass it, w- it was with each other <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't have anyone else and someone gets her feelings um so kind of funny thinking about that now and we would always say love you bye on the phone because I mean we're just best friends um and I'd always just been like ah I feel like I could marry him maybe but you know the big the big number one thing I'm not quite sure about so I won't even let myself go there and in Miami I just remember I was like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm falling in love with him, but I can't let myself quite yet. Mm -hmm. And that night we just, it it was kind of like a scene out of a movie, but basically he was like, when are you going to understand that I'm in love with you? And I was like, well, I don't know what to do with that piece of information quite yet because I am still figuring everything out and don't know where you're at. So I kind of just put that on the back burner um but I think it was Memorial Day um we were together and he basically told me that he loved me again because since Miami and the in-between we we didn't talk a whole time but if we did I said like you bye instead of love you bye because we're like well we can't say love you now that it means something totally different but on Memorial Day, he was like, oh, I'm sick of saying like you buy. That's not how I feel. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? I definitely don't feel like like you buy either. So that kind of escalated things into that. But oh, the catch, the other catch, it really does feel like a rom-com, was that <laughs> I had signed a contract with my best friend, Grayson, the one that had actually, you know, had us meet three years ago. We had a single for the summer contract signed because we were going to Italy together and we both wanted to be single for Italy. You know, you might have a little Italian fling. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's Italy. And so I mean, it makes sense. That's the only way you can go to Italy. Obviously. So I was like, can't we fall in love before Italy? So I, we signed a contract. I think I made a TikTok about it. We literally lipstick printed, signed these contracts and it's a, it's a hefty contract. There are a lot of you know, consequences on this thing. So I was like, well, I have to make it through the summer. So I get to Italy and I just can't stop thinking about Blake and any Italian. I'm like, these Italian boys are just the dirt compared to this boy back home. I'm like, I just want my Blake back. And so I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, well, this is when, you know, you're really down bad. And I just couldn't stop thinking about Blake and I get home and he had actually gotten the house key from my roommates and came in and left me a little sweet love letter and this beautiful orchid that I have sitting on my desk and I just and he lives an hour away so that really took time for him to do that and that was obviously before we had officially started dating and in that moment I was just like oh my goodness what am I doing so breaking the contract and it's so funny because when I was in Italy Siena Italy has always been on my bucket list and I went and he said all I want is just one thing from Siena. I don't care if it's a little pebble you find on the ground. I just, will you bring me back something? And I just couldn't find anything while I was out there. It was all little dumb trinkets and stuff. And so this guy that worked at the market ended up giving me this free postcard. And I was like, Hey, I'll take a postcard. And so anyways, on the postcard, I wrote, I'm ready to break my single for the summer contract. And that was my gift coming back from Italy. So I gave it to him the night he asked me and yeah, it was, it was really sweet, but see the, the flip side of that is that I still have those consequences to fulfill on that contract, which would be a five course meal cooked for Grayson and a mile run. So I think I also have to pay her $20 potentially, (laughs) but maybe I can talk my way out of that one. But yeah, so, and this 10 miles, I mean, this happened in the summer, right? And we have just been procrastinating this, but Blake basically told me, he's like, I'm the one that made you break the contract. I'm in it with you. So, and he's not a runner, but he's becoming one literally in the past few weeks. Uh So on Saturday, (laughs) we are going to do our 10 mile run. Yes. (laughs) So that'll be, you know, down for the count finally getting it done but yeah and it's gonna be a cold one but you know oh my word yeah you are a woman of so many stories I feel like you're gonna be that grandma whenever you get to be a grandma who has the most fun exciting stories to tell (laughs) and you're like well then I went here and then I had to break a contract and go and I oh my goodness that's just hilarious like I'm dying over here the contract is totally that's something I would do too but like oh that like you know you're in love whenever you're in Italy and you see all the Italian men you're just like no I I, like you don't even have eyes for them like that's how you know they like that oh oh I love that I love that it gives so much hope that like there like he was thoughtful and he continued to pursue you even when you were like, no, like I have this contract and I don't know. And right. I think that's the sort of love that like, I think God wants us to have somebody who pursues us like God pursues us. And like, I don't think that that's too high of a standard. I know a lot of people are like, oh, like maybe I just should stop praying for this or whatever. But in reality, it's like, no, like God wants to give you that good gift. And uh, I have just loved that story. Um, And I, I have loved talking to you. So for, to wrap up the last question, I ask everyone, how do you deal with the haters in your life? So I feel like my answer for this might be a little bit of a twist. Um, But I really feel like and maybe people can relate to this, but I'm my worst critic. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a lot of girls, especially we can be so hard on yourself on ourselves. And I even, you know, now that I'm on the other side of my acne journey, I have been struggling with my hair falling out over the past year. And I don't know if that's due to Accutane or hormones or whatever, but that was like my favorite thing about myself. And so now for that to be something that I'm struggling with, I'm just so hard on myself. Every photo I take, I'm zooming in. Um, 
always critiquing myself in the mirror. And so just to go back to what we were talking about earlier of replacing those lies with truth and just being kind to yourself and speaking kind words over yourself and um, also having people around you in your corner that will speak life over you as well is so important. But that's just, you know, on the more personal note about it. But when it comes to social media, I feel like I haven't really encountered much, you know, haters, you could say at this point, which, hey, I, that that is fine by me. I'm happy to keep it this way. But if I ever do get a few negative comments, I just try and remember that that person, they have their own struggles and things that they're going through. You have no idea what could be going on in their family, in their health, in their personal life, in their relationships that would make them want to comment something unkind on somebody else's video. But I think it also does go to show the power of words, because even just scrolling through social media and looking at other people's posts, whether people are commenting kind things or unkind things, it takes the same amount of time, but they both can have great impact. Mm -hmm. So just to keep in mind when you're on the space of social media to speak life, speak kind words. If you see a video and you think, oh my gosh, that, you know, her hair is so cute. Comment it. Why not? Why not speak life into the space? It's free. It takes about no time and it really can be encouraging for people. Um, and obviously that plays into in-person life as well. I, I always, um, think that if you think of something kind, always speak it out. Uh, even if you're not with that person to send a voice memo and be like, Hey, I was thinking about you today and just thinking about how hardworking and driven you are. And it really inspires me, whatever it may be, or even a stranger out in public. And you're like, wow, I love your sweater. Or I just think you're beautiful. Like speaking life and kindness to people is something that if more people did, I think it would be such a sweeter space. And whenever I choose to speak life and kindness to strangers or people I know I never regret it and it always makes you feel good to do that as well oh that just brings such like a smile to my face like never keep a kind word inside of you there's gonna be hate in the world but like you start with yourself cultivating that kind space that niceness because at the end of the day like again it's just words but it's also like words hold so much power as well. So mm -hmm. I love that advice. I think that's so good. That's definitely not an answer that I've gotten before. And so I just love that you put like your whole spin on it. Um, but man, this podcast has totally taught me things. It has blessed my heart so much. So oh. thank you, Sienna, for being on the podcast. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you, all your socials, all that stuff? So you can find me on Instagram at Sienna Cartier, S-I-E-N-N-A-C-A-R-T-I-E-R. -E -E and then in my bio, I have a link to all my other socials as well, if you'd like to follow along. That's perfect. Hey, sweet and simple, the link tree, whatever it is. I, yeah. That's great. And they will all be tagged in the show notes as well. I hope you guys have an amazing Tuesday. And I'll see you next time on the No Hate Your Still Podcast. So catch me if I fall.